Welcome to episode 124 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. It is currently 1.38 in the morning. It's now Saturday. Uh, we just got done with Pac-12 after dark. Oklahoma State getting the win over Oregon State, 52-36 in Corvallis. Uh, pretty kind of up and down game, but a lot to talk about here, Philip. Yeah, we wanted to do kind of an immediate reaction. Just to give you guys a look, you guys are going to wake up on Saturday morning and want to talk about the game. We wanted to give you guys something to talk about. We, we wanted to offer you our immediate thoughts because sometimes I would argue the more time we have to stew over something, the worse our takes are and the game is fresh. I feel I'm not I don't feel fresh like I've had coffee. I'm about uh, if if you're from Oklahoma, you're aware of uh, of good ass beer. I know they're like four two, but I'm about nine in. My, Solid, uh, N- nicely done. My case of them is is nearly gone. I've been drinking out of a giant, um, whatever those fancy drink cups that everybody has now that keeps your drinks cold. But I somebody, Yeti? yeah, but like somebody did me a a solid. Uh, my buddy Adam, who also did our new intro music, did me a solid and had the whole thing done up. So it's got like. Ghost Pete and OSU. Anyways, point of the matter is, let's get rolling. All right. Well, we like obviously there is a lot to talk about in this game, both positive and negative. But I'll I'll just start. Let's. Do you want to start with the quarterback situation here? Do you want to just start just start there and work our way down? Um, Sanders was awesome, and a and a and a a red shirt freshman in his first start. Yep. <laughs> that, I think that's, that's about. The, Best way to describe his performance tonight was, man, he made some plays that were just everything you'd heard about him. But between the trying to hurdle a defender, don't, don't, do not. I never want to see that again. I don't want to see that from a running back. I don't want to see that from a quarterback. Quarterback. I don't want to see that from anybody. Don't. I don't give a crap about your wanting to be on ESPN top ten because you know what happens to the guys who don't make ESPN top tens? They end up with broken shoulder blades. Stop hurtling, guys. Just go make a play. Also, slide and get out of bounds. Like, uh, he made some awesome stuff. But those kinds of moments are redshirt freshman moments. He got bailed out on a couple of awful, awful throws thanks to pass interference plays. But then he also made some amazing throws. So the takeaway from him was you played a shitty team. And that's that's not fair. Oregon State's not shitty. They're not great. They're not good, but they're not shitty. They got an offense. You played a bad defense. You had an amazing performance, uh, both both running and throwing the ball. Um, but you made some red shirt freshman mistakes that are easy things to clean up. But overall, I was I was impressed. Yeah, I think that the mistakes that he made were very fixable. It's not forcing the ball down the field, get out of bounds, don't hurt people. That's pretty simple, coachable stuff that you can work on for McNeese State next week. Yeah, don't throw well, the ball was, off the back of your foot. Yeah. The the most impressive thing for, for me was during a possession, it just seems like it flipped for him. For the first two to three possessions of the game, while Oklahoma State did score in all of those possessions, he looked rattled. He looked nervous. He looked uncomfortable, which you would expect from a redshirt freshman. But for me, everything changed on that third. It was, I think it was a third down and six on that third possession. You're backed up. It's like ten. To, it's ten to ten, and he made that throw to the wide side of the field to Jordan McRae. Just drove that thing on a stick route, 
and they got the first out. From that point on, he was pretty much nails. Like every, it felt like everything he did was just very methodical, very controlled, very, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And it's crazy how that throw really changed everything. But you can look back at that from that point on, he was special. And you mentioned it on the last podcast of he's going to make some plays and make us go, oh, oh shit. Oh, okay. And it felt like every third play, I was just blown away at what I was seeing on my TV. And I can't wait to see more of it. Obviously, this is one start, but the future is really bright with this dude at quarterback. The run play in the second half where he juked oh, the defender. He took that man's soul. <laughs> like, like, wow. Stop it. But again, yeah. he there's still a learning curve. Oh, for sure. Do you want to go? Hold on. I'm not going to get too deep in this weeds on this. Do you want to just go ahead and, and, and give your little rant? Okay. To the people that are saying, well, why did Corndog play all last season? This is ridiculous. Why is why didn't Sanders play? He could have done this last year. Do you really think he would have done all of this last season? No. He was a true freshman. You don't think that maybe sitting for a year and learning college football, getting in the weight room, getting that experience, having a whole spring camp, do you really think that made a difference tonight? Because hell yes, it did. I'm sorry, I don't think he would have done this last year. To the people that keep that are trying to do this and the corn people are calling people like me and other corn dog truthers, just stop it. Please. I I try not to trash this fan base as much as I can, but my God, some of y'all just make my head hurt. And so, it's just it, yeah. There's he, he there's a point to would he have done some of the Amazing things we saw him do tonight last year. Oh, absolutely. Yes, because uh, just he's just that athletically and naturally gifted. But there were some things and some throws and some decisions he made tonight. I'm not sure. Uh, no, let me rephrase that. He would not have been able to make as easily last year game three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Like let's just let's just be. Honest. Would he have been able to make amazing plays? Yes. Would he have made more boneheaded plays than some of the ones he did? Because people who are, are ignoring the two really bad throws that ended up as pass interferences. That it's, both it's just con- it's confirmation. Off. It's all confirmation bias. You're you're it's it's like anything else. It's like any political argument or anything. You're you're looking at the good and ignoring the bad. And there were bad things he did tonight that against a good defense, there are two both throws that 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 turned into pass interference that went Oklahoma State's way against a good defense would have been picks would have been interceptions. They would have been they would have been picked off. Absolutely. Like, they no, weren't no because you're playing it. a bad secondary. And that's not saying that Spencer Sanders isn't freaking awesome. It's just no, he's a redshirt freshman. And the idea that as a true freshman, he would have been as good as he is now is silly. And twisting the argument to say, look how awesome he is a year after when you wanted him to play and assumed he would be this. Look, I, I'm not saying Corndog was awesome. I'm not a Corndog apologist. And neither is Joel. But... Just let's just do this. It's called being realistic. Well, like, <laughs> like that's all it is. It's a. It's also a really just. It's a. It, it's a clickbait headline. Yes. Let's just look at it at what it is. Spencer Sanders is pretty awesome. We get to enjoy him moving forward. 
That's it. Just live yeah. in the now. Stop worrying I, about using the past to, to, to make some sort of argument that doesn't matter. Just live in the now and enjoy it. Or exactly. don't enjoy it, depending upon the argument you're making. So I'll just look at his stats really quick. 19 to 24 passing, 203 yards, three touchdowns. Conceivably could have had two others if Tylen could have got his foot in bounds, and both of those were super close. So conceivably, tw- we almost saw 21 to 24 with five touchdowns, which is just stupid. And 13 carries for 109 yards. A lot of those were design runs, which I love having the quarterback as a runner and being able to run the ball des- by design. It's it's awesome and something we haven't seen too much of at Oklahoma State. But I'm, let's go to the other guy that was carrying the ball tonight, Chuba Hubbard. Oh, my God. Like, we're Fan looking me. at a generational running back. I, I tweeted this out. Like Fan they, me. Like, they were talking about, I can't I can't remember who said it. I think it was Brady Quinn on the, like the pregame show talking about Chuba Hubbard. And they were talking about Justice Hill at the Combine, asking him about Chuba, and he said, he's going to be better than me. And we saw flashes of that last year. But I was still living in the, the, you know, looking at what Justice Hill did at Oklahoma State, how special he was, how incredible he was at times. And this takes nothing away from Justice Hill. Chuba Hubbard is going, is if not now, better than Justice Hill was at Oklahoma State. I think the argument isn't going to be close by midseason. Let's enjoy him now. I don't think he's going to be here much longer. But man, he made, and it's it was a bad run defense from, Oregon State, we knew that coming in, but he made them look like an even worse defense than they already were. Like it was just dumb. Some of those runs that he had, he just would blow by guys, and it it just goes back to what Mike Gundy said when he was a, a red shirt. When he gets in the open field, it's over. We saw that four or five times last uh, earlier tonight. It, it was incredible. It really is. And if he can continue to do that, it takes so much pressure off Spencer Sanders and makes this offense just go at a pace that. It's just it's fun to watch, man. I cannot wait. OSU just faced one of the worst run defenses it's going to face all season from a Power Five team. They're playing McNeese State next week. I know, like Chuba's going to play a half, and then you're going to get a lot of LD Brown and Jamil Jeter and whatever. But so in my predictions post before the season, one of the predictions I made was that that Chuba was going to go for 1,500 yards. Hasn't happened for a while. After tonight, not counting a bowl game, Chuba has to average 116 yards a game to reach 1,500. There's 50. (laughs) 116 yards a game is his average moving forward to reach 1,500. Now, you go, well, he's going to get a shitload of carries you know that's that it does yards or yards, yards are and everything because if he carries the ball a thousand times many many not the point so let's 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 do a little math i'm not a math major i'm not a math whiz he averaged 8.5 yards per carry tonight now that's i understand good. that oregon state's defense run defense is is a uh, not good i understand that i do um, it's better than it was last year. If you if you watch the game, you understand it's better than it was last year. They brought some guys in, and at certain points, they really keyed in on the run. They really keyed in to try and keep Chuba Hubbard from gashing their holes for thirty yards. Right? And he ran for two hundred twenty-one yards and three touchdowns. 
He had a 53-yard run. Chuba's running for 1,500 this year. If Chuba runs for 1,500 yards this year, Chuba ain't here next year. So the point of this is enjoy Chuba because this may be the only year you really get to. So before we move on to the defense real quick, can I can I talk about my favorite play that I watched? And they, they did it twice, two or three times tonight. Was it, but the, was it the, the option? Sc- no, it's the screenplay. Ooh. So I have PTSD from the Mike Yersich screenplays of the last five to six years, and I'm sure you do as well, because they never worked. That's because he's not that's not his that's not his jam. No. And it never worked. What Sean Gleason did tonight. With his screen design, it's so simple, yet so brilliant, I don't know why I haven't seen it before. In case you didn't watch, and Tylen Walls conceivably, he damn near had two touchdowns on it. He actually, he had one, and he almost had one the play before. And it's getting the Cowboy, it's just all that they do that's different, is they get the Cowboy back out there as a lead blocker, and they pull a tackle. And he has two giant lead blockers in front of him, and it's a touchdown. Like, it's so simple, it shouldn't be that difficult to find that blocking scheme for a screenplay, but it worked brilliantly. Like, it it got the blood flowing watching that screenplay. It was fantastic. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, Although I did love the the speed option. I did love the speed option. It is nice to see them able to use that more effectively than they did because it always felt with your like they added it because they needed to add it and not like it was really an organic part of the game plan. It feels so much more natural now. Yeah. No. And like I said, I just, the play flow is so much better. When I saw Jelani Woods come across the formation and then sprint out toward the boundary, I'm like, Oh, the, here's, here comes the screen and it, it worked to perfection. I think it was a, a 15 or 20 yard gain that if Tom Walsh doesn't step out of bounds, by a half inch, it's a touchdown. It's like a 70-something yard touchdown. So speaking of Wallace, there's a, a play I want to talk about because it serves two purposes. It was, I believe it was his first touchdown of the game. Um, forget the fact that Bryce Bray laid an amazing downfield block to oh, open up awesome. his route for a touchdown. Two things. Last year, Tylen Wallace didn't win the Bolitnikov because of one thing. If you really go back and look, I know Jerry, Judy, blah, 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 blah. If you really go back and watch his games, he had some cases of the dropsies that are very yeah. uncharacteristic of a guy with his talent. Correct? Yes. No, I'm with you. So there's the play where Spencer Sanders, on a very simple pass, overthrows the ball. Again, calm down, redshirt freshman. Okay. Ball goes is thrown too high. Wallace grabs it and is still able to do to excellent blocking by the offensive line. And and the game ball goes to the offensive line tonight. Like if you were paying attention. Oh God, yes. Holy shit, the Charlie Dickey effect. Um not only is there excellent blocking, he goes up, he gets the ball, makes a guy miss, and makes a beautiful run for that touchdown. The two takeaways are Tylen Wallace may have fixed his hand problem. 
because his issue tonight was really just stepping out of bounds. It was never an issue of the hands. Yeah. And again, another play by Spencer Sanders. It's a very simple pass play that he overthrew. He ain't perfect. He ain't the end all be all. He still has things to clean up. Right. So can we all just acknowledge that again? It's not saying he's not awesome. He still has some things to clean up. There are things that can be cleaned up. There's, there's a lot of things you can watch the tape and go, this, this, this. They're all things that we can fix. But there's still some things to fix that definitely have to be fixed by week four when they go to Texas. Absolutely. So before we get into the defense, let's have a brief word from our sponsor, and we'll wrap this thing up. And now we're back. So the defense at times, like you said, second and third quarter specifically, I thought they were really, really good. They, they showed flashes of the potential of this defense. I feel like the first and the fourth are kind of outliers in some spots. Oh, absolutely. But but they're but they also show the weaknesses of what we have right now. I think I'm pretty much throwing the first possession out because that was completely first possession jitters, just flat out nervousness, first time out on the field. I get it. Um now you shouldn't have gotten undressed by the Oregon State offense oh like they did. God it was bad. Oh that was awful. But the then D line just got Oh, it was shoved around by, and it's not a knock on Oregon State's offensive line, but good grief. It was, I was actually terrified on that opening drive that we were about to watch OSU lose the way that defensive line and really the line black backers as well were blocking. It terrified me. Well, what terrified me more was I've spent the last good part of the day and a half watching film on Oregon State of the two games that are on YouTube from last season against Oregon and Washington. I am pretty sure, and I'd have to go back and watch the film, I never saw Jake Luton take off on his own read, nor did I ever see him make a throw on the run out of the pocket. That about made me crap myself because I'm like, what has he been working on in the offseason? And this is not what we prepared for. But after after that first possession, really, Oklahoma State kind of took that away, and we, we didn't see it anymore. But that first couple of possessions where he was making those plays out of the pocket, I was a little terrified. So there's two points to make here. One, that Oregon State threw a lot of stuff on that first drive that was not on tape. Luton is a statue. That he had a designed run play in that first opening drive – Tells you Oregon State literally threw the bathtub at Oklahoma State to try and score. And then they ran out of tr- ran out of tricks after one drive. But the defensive line looked terrible. But as the game progressed, eventually your de- your de- your defensive ends, how many batted down passes did Oklahoma State have tonight? I mean, how many times I did think- Luton throw a ball and a and a DE? Lacey had at least one, and I'm pretty sure uh, Trace Ford, who – let me just say this right now so that so that everybody understands. Trace Ford is a true freshman. He was a three-star guy. He's a defensive end. He was the fifth-ranked player in out of Oklahoma in the 2019 class. I'm not only on the Trace Ford train and have been for a while. I'm going to claim the conductor hat and say, hop on board. Phillips leading this run. Trace Ford – who is a backup defensive end. Not only do I think he's going to be a starter by the end of the year, that kid 
might only be here for three years. Screw a redshirt year. Hello, NFL. I, this is not a, just a, like a week one overreaction. Go look at his high school tape. This kid is going to be awesome. He had two batted down passes tonight. Like it, the the level of awareness it takes to do that is higher than people actually realize. Because it's not you're battling with an offensive lineman, keeping your eyes on the quarterback and the ball. And when that ball comes flying, your arms are up, ready to knock it down. It's not an easy thing to do. If it was, you'd see a lot more batted down passes. Batted down passes are not a thing you see often. It happened at least three times in this game. And maybe that's on Luton. Maybe it's on the offensive line for Oregon State. But OSU did it a number enough times to make you go, by defensive ends, to make you go, huh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I, th- I actually just looked it up, and the defensive line had four pass breakups. Cameron Murray had one, Tyler Lacey had one, and then Trace Ford had two. Trace Ford had two. He's a true freshman. Hop it. on board my train. Joel, JP. I'm, I'm, I'm hopping JP. on. I'm hopping on. Get on my For train. Sure. We got For free sure. drinks. We <laughs> Fantastic. Got, we got our, our, our daily movie showing is just his highlight reel, <laughs> which right now is, is just the Oregon State game. Hop on this train. I think all of you want to hop on this train. Hop on the Trace Ford train with me. You will not regret it. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the linebackers real quick. I was, after, the, after throwing out that first possession, I was really impressed with Amenov Bongbamiga, which, great name, by the way, and Malcolm Rodriguez moving from safety to linebacker. He, I believe Malcolm Rodriguez had nine tackles. Ogbamamiga led the team with 10. They were all over the place in the trenches, making plays out on receivers. They're going to be just fine. When Devin Harper and Calvin Bundage come back from injury, I feel even better about the linebacking core. And I think eventually, I bet Rodriguez can move back to safety and the linebackers will be just fine. No uh, dip in production. And I wonder how Malcolm Rodriguez moving back to safety eventually will help that safety core that looked lost at times tonight. Uh, Colby Peel, Colby Harvell Peel had some moments where he looked good. Same with Derek Bernard, Trey Sterling, first game for him. But there were times where it wasn't that great in the secondary, and that was what we thought was going to be a strength for this team. And at times it really wasn't. Even uh, A.J. Green or Darius Williams were getting beat. Now, Isaiah Hodgins is legit. That guy had nine catches for 170 yards. He's no joke. But I was expecting more from the secondary, and while I was expecting more from them, I was more impressed by what I saw from the linebackers. It's weird the way this dime defense works where so many of these guys are transitioning around position groups. Like, let's be honest. Sometimes the linebackers are basically serving as DBs, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, and how many of your safeties are true, like, true sophomores? Like, we all expect them to take a step forward, and I do think they're going to, but they're still sophomores. It's It's a weird thing. How much do you take away from game one? You know, it's the same things with like, I don't want us to overreact to Spencer Sanders in game one, but I see the potential. I don't want I don't want us to overreact to the positives on game one, just like I don't want us to overreact to the negatives because you saw the defensive line, how bad it was on that first drive and take away the fourth quarter because you're putting in backups. Second and third quarter, the defensive line, the defensive ends, they were putting pressure on pressure on Luton. They were getting to Luton. There was that pressure was there. They were getting past that offensive line. Um, the safeties were, I don't, 
I, I really want to go back and look because I, I don't think I saw AJ Green mentioned like at all. No, hardly. Um, I don't think the corners were even a factor. And that may just be that they were just shutting down whoever they were on, so we never talked about them. But it, it really was an emphasis on the safeties, and we're still dealing with a lot of true sophomores and, and redshirt, and we're still dealing with a lot of youth in that safety group. And thinking about where they were at the end of last year, and I think the defense is, is continuing to evolve, and, and I, they weren't great, and it was mostly noticeable midway to the end of the third quarter and on, right? Mm-hmm. We weren't complaining about the secondary in the, in the first quarter, and we weren't complaining about the secondary that much in the second quarter. We were complaining about it later on. And my question becomes is that they got tired, is that first game of the season? Is that a lack of depth? Um, it, it's a concern to be sure, and it's one to keep an eye on moving forward. I'm just, I just want to make sure, and I'm curious if we're not overreacting negatively to it in the way that I think we might be only looking at the positive of Spencer Sanders. Like we're only talking about the safeties in a negative way, but I could talk about. They did a decent job in the first quarter, and they did a decent job in the second quarter. It was midway through the third and through the fourth where they really started to show some some concern. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I don't want to seem all doom and gloom about it, but I think, I mean, there there were spots where there were some serious issues back there. But like I said, I wonder if whenever Devin Harper and Calvin Bundage are healthy and Rodriguez moves back, how much of a difference that's going to make? Because I'm sure, because I think Rodriguez is a leader back there for those guys as a, a junior. So I'm interested to see if there's any sort of shift there, but I think they're going to be able to hold their own just fine. It's game one. I'm not trying to act like the sky is falling, but I do have a little bit of concern there just from just a few things that I saw tonight, but we'll see how they adjust during the week of practice and into the game uh, next week. Now, next week, and more importantly, at Tulsa, like it's been yes. state. I don't, I don't want to be a jerk, but it's an FCS team. Like, right. Calm down. It's, it's been nice. Um, so a couple things, let's wrap up with these, these two things. Um, I don't know if we need to get Sherlock Holmes, uh, if we if we need to get Jacques Cousseau, if we need to get Blues Clues on this. Who the called the opening drive of the second half? <laughs> Who called the offense? Because all the coaches were shoved and stuck in an elevator. There was a GA up in the box running around answering phones like a madman. And... Who the heck called the offensive game plan? Was it was was Gleason on his cell phone in an elevator talking again? Like who called the game plan on the opening scoring drive for Oklahoma State in the second half? Because I mean, there were the no only, coaches in the press box, and that drive went sm- about as smooth as any drive Oklahoma State had in the entire game. My only guess is that it was a scripted drive that they drew up in the locker room at halftime. That's about my only guess of how well that could have gone. I mean, that makes the most sense of like, all right, well, there's no one up there, so let's just run the next play, run the next play, run the next play. There were no coaches up there. It's incredible. Oh Pac- so that, no that was coaches. Like, is that the epitome of Pac-12 after dark? God, yes. Is that no uh, first down line? Because the, there was no oh, first that down was, line. That was horrendous, too. Like, you can, at, at this point, unless you're 12, like, you're like, all right, it was a first down or it wasn't. Yeah, like, pretty close can, to it. You can figure it out. Yeah. 
But between between that, the no first down line, the Oki State by Vereen oh. for like the entire first quarter, the oh. fact that uh, uh, I always forget names. The guy whose name is like Uber Greek. Uh, oh, oh, Petros Petros Papadakis. Thank you. Um, Tylon Wallace. I'm sorry, Tylon. 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 Good grief, people! Like think, they think, put out pronouncers. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So okay. before before we get out of here, because we're we're Let, getting we're north of two in the morning here. Uh, what did you think right. of the uniforms? All white. That helmet was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, it was mean, a good look. I, I it, really like it. It was a great look. It makes a ton of sense to flash the brand at the school who's not allowed to be OSU in football. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and that's the, I mean, that's the, that's the logo. That's the school logo now. Like that's the one they're running with. It makes a ton of sense to use that brand on the road. And all black versus all white. Oh, 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 hmm. All hot and bothered. Love it. Now, now that is not that. Now, as aesthetically pleasing as it was, it was not as aesthetically pleasing as the Holy War uh, last night. Watching BYU and Utah, the blue and the red uniforms. Oh, oh. That was fantastic. Like I Good. loved that. Give me all. The color on color. Yes. Can we do that for Bedlam? I've would, always I said would, I wouldn't. Hate I it. want orange on red. Like I didn't realize that orange and red are the best like color combo. Give me orange on red and Bedlam. So please, like you can't do that in this because <laughs> you just have orange versus orange and it gets super confusing and weird. So I'm fine with black versus white with some orange mixed in. But can we can we do? Color on color in one game each year. Like if it's Bedlam, it's fine, but give me it. Give me color on color. It and honestly, you know what? As as nice as Bedlam sounds, I don't think it's the right game. Nah. What what game are you thinking? I want TCU. Ooh, okay. I could dig I want that. orange on purple. I could dig that. I want purple on one side and orange on the other. I feel like colorblind that, people would get pissed at Bedlam if it was orange on red. Yeah, that's too much. <laughs> And, and and those they, they clash a little bit too much. Give me to like if you want to do if you want to do Baylor, that's fine. I'll have no argument against green on orange, but give me TCU. I want purple on orange. That's the game I want color on color. I want it every year. It would be amazing. Make it happen. I'm all good with that. All right, Phil. If you have any final thoughts before we wrap this one up, uh, we gotta we gotta. Are we gonna see Drew Brown? Like was this entire quarterback controversy mean... just just Mike Gundy just? I don't think it was necessarily that. Words I, think I can't that, use with us. Was he just messing with us this whole time and he's just in his office right now popping champagne going, I screwed all of them. <laughs> like see, I still think I mean, Drew Brown is legitimately good. Like yeah. this is like, I still think Drew Brown is good. And I understood when the with the way the game was going, when you're up two touchdowns and, and kind of going back and forth, why you don't swap quarterbacks. Right. Like had 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 OSU gotten a stop earlier and gone up four TDs, Drew Brown, I think, would have come in. I really hope we see Drew Brown against McNeese. Like, there's no reason Spencer Sanders should play a whole game against McNeese. I figure he plays a half. You play with Drew Brown for another half. I want to see Drew Brown. Like, Drew Brown's here. You have him. And I really, really wonder, you had a very simple game plan against Oregon State. You really didn't reveal a whole lot offensively. Like, if you go back and look, there wasn't a lot of like, oh, like Spencer Sanders had some impressive plays, but there wasn't just like, oh my God, this play calling is amazing. I think they've got yeah. quite a big in their bag. 
They made it out of Corvallis with a W without having to do much. There's no other game until Texas where you have to show anything like you did last year with Boise State. I I think we're going to see a few more things the next two weeks, but I get the feeling Drew Brown is still involved in this game plan, and I'm excited to see what that means. I don't think Mike Gundy was blowing smoke up our ass on this one. I, th- I think it was a legit quarterback battle. Um I, I I think Drew, if Drew Brown started tonight, I and probably would have had a similar game. I wouldn't. I don't think anyone would give it a second thought. But I think Spencer Sanders was, was impressive enough. They didn't necessarily need to go to Drew Brown, and the game was close enough for the first few possessions that you just ride the hot hand. Uh, if I think if Spencer Sanders had a couple picks and some really boneheaded plays that led to turnovers, I think we would have seen Drew Brown. But there was no need for it because Spencer, for the most part, played a pretty clean game. Um, like I said, I think McNeese State next week, we see Drew Brown a little bit, see what he can do, but I think Spencer Sanders is your dude this season, and I think he proved why tonight. Yeah, agreed. So my final thought, I just I opened up my Twitter real quick, and um, I just saw that whoever runs social media for the Land Grant Gauntlet said my night was going good until I just realized my Big 12 fantasy opponent started Spencer Sanders and Tom Walls this week. Yeah, that would be uh, my uh, ten twelve co-host Chris. Um, we're in a we're in a Big Twelve fantasy group, and um, all I'll say is um, I started Chuba. Nicely done, nicely done. That's why my team is called Chuba Chuba Choo Choo. <laughs> Fantastic. I, uh, man, I I did I did the college fantasy thing last year, and I. I, I don't recommend it to anyone, but have fun this season. Um, <laughs> I got Dylan Stoner on my bench, so that's almost like that's what I, I mean, got. Yeah, because I, I got I, mean, a, I got forty points from Chuba, so I'm pretty sure unless um, unless Thomas McVitie doesn't start for Kansas, I should have a W. Yeah, I, uh, I I did it last year. I had J.K. The only guys I remember on my team were I had J.K. Dobbins running back for Ohio State, Justin Herbert, and then I had Jalen McCluskey for four weeks. Oh no! This is all Big Twelve. Big I, Twelve. I say just the the principle of doing college fantasy. Like after the first three rounds, you don't know anyone, <laughs> and you really well, are and, just and you're and just guessing and picking blue blood first, like, All the quarterbacks are gone in the first like five picks. Yeah, after the first, so I, three I rounds. waited until like the fourth round to take Kansas. Or, no, no, no. This is mind you. This is only Big Twelve. Uh, this isn't so all that, college. It's only Big Twelve. Oh, that's even harder. <laughs> chuba chuba choo choo. <laughs> Love it. All right, it is almost two fifteen. It's time for bed. Game days in less than six hours, so I gotta I gotta get up and get the coffee going for that. Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at a reasonable hour tomorrow morning uh, at OKTXARPoke. Now go check out my Twitter account. I I do tweet during games. I think I'm funny. Some people do. I have some likes. Or you can check out my daughter, who I tweet about sometimes because she's adorable when she's wearing OSU gear, which she is. Uh, you can also follow my show, the 1012 Podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. We'll be back midweek uh, to preview McNeese State, and we will see you all then.